Welcome to Giant Cocktails, a podcast where two lifelong fans talk about the San Francisco Giants while drinking homemade cocktails. Now, here are your hosts, Ben and Matthew Henry. another episode of Giant Cocktails. I am your host, Ben Henry, alongside my brother, the stellar Matthew Henry. How you doing, Matthew? So stellar. So, so stellar. Uh, Which is, yeah, I like that one. I actually knew what it meant. Didn't need to look it up. Totally (laughs) agree with you on this one. I'm stellar. Uh, Why wouldn't I be? We've broken the all-star curse. We swept the Pirates for the first three games of the you know, the second half. Things are stellar, Ben. Yeah. Yeah, you're good looking. You have all your hair. Your eyesight's perfect. This is what I'm talking about. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. right. Well, the good look. One out of three ain't bad. Yeah. I mean, right? I mean, you're still batting 333, right? So that's, that's a good average. <laughs> that's true. That's true. You know, everybody says, oh, hey, baseball, you know, that uh, where you can you can fail 66 percent of the time, but still be in Hall of Famer. You know who that completely ignores that statement? Pitchers. Pitchers. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. You ever thought about that? It's just like it's like, hey, baseball, that sport where your whole half of the, you know, half of the game doesn't matter. (laughs) Half of the game. We don't care about you. (laughs) Oh, that sounds like me. (laughs) And this show, I'm the half that everybody cares about. Probably, 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 probably. Yeah. They either they either really love me or they really hate me. Yeah, yeah. Does anybody hate you? I don't know. Nobody they, hates me. No, nobody hates me. They might think you're full of it. I'm yeah. the second born, Matthew. Nobody hates the second born. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. They forget about the second born most of the time. That's true, especially if you're a middle child. Yeah, yeah. But look, I'm not. I'm the I'm the second born and I'm the baby. That's right. Yay. Oh, for those of you who don't have any siblings whatsoever, uh it classically when you were born uh, after the firstborn, but you had other siblings beneath you, that particular person was treated horribly within the family. Um, they, they did not feel they never got to feel what it was like to feel like the sun and earth revolved around them. Like all of you do. <laughs> By the time the, the oldest leaves for like college, or whatever, or the youngest is already pissed off the parents enough to where it just doesn't even matter. Yeah, that's right. That's right. That's right. Um, well, anyway. Uh, so after that little delving into human psychology and sociology, I have a question for you, Matthew. Oh, okay. Uh, so as you, as you alluded to, this is the, this is the, this, we just got off the all-star week, right? The all-star break happened, which is now four days long, which every year, Matthew feels like the four longest days of my life. And yet it doesn't seem Like, like they get enough of a break. Like I, I, I mean, it definitely, definitely afterwards. Yeah, like you know, it, by by mid August, I'm super mad. I'm super mad. Why isn't the All Star break longer? Why don't they have more days off? Like, why is Logan Webb pitching so much? And why does Camilo Duvall have to pitch every single day? And don't they know that Tyler Rogers' arm isn't just gonna fall off one of these days? Uh, yeah. But I mean, nonetheless, during when it's going on, Matthew, like I just I don't know what to do with myself during those days. And you know. I know what you're thinking. You're thinking, what? But Ben, 
there's the Home Run Derby on Monday. And then on Tuesday, there's the All-Star Game. What do you mean you don't have anything to do? Sure, Wednesday and Thursday are hard, but don't you just invest all of your time into the Home Run Derby and the All-Star Game, Matthew? And my question for you is, do you care about the All-Star Game? Not one bit. <laughs> I heard that the ratings this year were the lowest they've ever been, yeah. which is like, it's like really low. Like, I don't know. We have more listeners on our podcast <laughs> than we're watching the All-Star Game. <laughs> that's how low it was. That's pretty low. Wow. Wow. That's that's really low. Uh, so, yeah, I, you know... It's hard to get into the All-Star game. I mean, it means nothing. And, yeah, you know, generally, I mean, for me, generally the Giants don't do very well in the All-Star game. And so I haven't really wanted to put that kind of emotional baggage into it. And, uh, and you know, to top it all off, they, they put them into these, like, penitentiary gray, like, uniforms. And they're just, like, I don't know. Like, who sits around thinking about how they're going to engage with, you know, the new the new generation? And they're like, yeah, let's just pick this, like, the drabbest gray we can find and put them on a, on a uniform for the All-Star Games. Like, so that kind of stuff, I just, like, I don't even really care. And I don't, I don't know. I just, uh, I... I you know, I actually, for some reason, thought in my mind that the All-Star Game was actually on Wednesday. And uh, and so Tuesday, I'm at work. I was working late that night, and you're texting me like, hey, Cobb broke the curse or whatever. And I'm like, wait, what? And then I was like, oh, yeah, it was on tonight. So, you know, I'm a pretty big baseball fan, and I didn't even know when it was uh, going to be on. So I think that's a problem for our Major League Baseball. Same. Agree. They, they got major problems with the All-Star Game. Nobody cares. Like I will say this. I think the uniforms are supposed to look like the Mariners' home uniforms. So maybe we just don't like the Mariners' uniforms. Oh, my God. I feel sorry for the Mariners fans if that's their yeah. home uniform. I mean, Jeez. they could back, go back to what they used to do, which is have each player play in his home uniform yes! for his own team, which yes! I think would actually be better because totally. that is at least interesting. Well, and then you could at uh, least identify the players from the other team. Like, right, like, what I, team they were like from? I'm looking, I'm like, who's yeah. that guy? Like, I don't know who that guy is. They're like, oh, yeah. he's the... Uh, the the Rockies guy. Oh, okay. Right. Who ended up winning right. the game for him? But uh, right. you know, I, just it would be nice to be able to, to be able yeah. to identify. I mean, players. it would have been interesting, right? Because like, hey, what do you know? The Rockies All Star was the All Star MVP, which doesn't make any sense whatsoever. <laughs> but it's at least you're like, wow, that's remarkable. Most people probably didn't even know or care, but most people didn't know because they weren't watching. Uh, but I will say this: Alex Cobb and Camilo Doval are two representatives performed well the national league won for the first time in forever which seems to be like they win like every 15 years something like that yeah. uh like two of the longest stretches of them losing have been in the last 30 years uh and that's how long of a time you have to do to get their two wins or three wins added up uh but camilo duvall was the winning pitcher right alec cobb had a clean clean inning i mean he did give up uh i think uh, a walk and uh, Duvall, I think, gave up a hit. Yep. It might be the other way around. But uh, they both had uh, scoreless innings. And Duvall was lucky enough to be the starting pitcher in the inning before the Rocky hit the two-run homer. And so, boom, successful All-Star game. And, uh, you know, yeah, cool, I guess. Right? 
Sure. Yeah. I mean, I think Major League Baseball's got a lot of work to do here. Like the All Star Game is definitely heading in the wrong direction. Um, I I don't even know where to begin to fix this thing. But you know what? That's not my problem. It's not my fault. Anyway. Well, no, 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 no. Before you get to anyway, let's so. But there are some solutions, and one of them is maybe market their players a little bit better. You know, they they we don't know who half these players are, and uh, and so that's that's a problem. I completely agree. I mean, one of the greatest matchups in that game, and it was remarked upon by Joe Davis. And you know, Joe Davis is the he's the the announcer for the Dodgers. He knows Camilo Doval very well, but he remarked like one of the most exciting matchups that they saw during the game was when Camilo Doval faced off against uh, Julio Rodriguez from the Mariners, uh, and which was you know a big deal because they played in Seattle, right? And I bet most people were like. Who's Camilo Doval? Who's this Rodriguez kid? And they wouldn't even have been able to pick him out as the Mariners guy, except that the announcers told them that because everybody's uniforms look like a Mariners uniform, yeah. right? If everybody was wearing their home unis and he walks up in his Mariner uniform and the crowd rises to its feet, everybody would have been like, oh, this is their guy. But right. nonetheless, all of baseball players, also all of baseball fans should know who Doval and Rodriguez are. You're absolutely right. Those are perfectly ways that that they could fix it. But anyway, as I was saying, today is Sunday, July 16th, as we record this podcast. The San Francisco Giants went 3-0 this past week. 4-0 if you count the National League beating the AL. (laughs) Um and I think we should count it. I think the Giants should get an extra win because Camilo won the game. That's right. We should just that should see that would not right get more interest in the All Star. The winning game. pitcher gets one more win for his team. <laughs> that would change the way the game was played, wouldn't it? Yeah, the manager would be like putting all the their pitchers would be like, in. Only there. his pitchers would pitch. <laughs> <laughs> okay, maybe that's not the answer. But anyway. <laughs> The San Francisco Giants had four very needed days off, uh, and then uh, they went into Pittsburgh to start an 11-game, four-city road trip, and they swept the Pittsburgh Pirates, which means they now have eight games left in this road trip, and that means that if they play 500 the rest of the way of this road trip, they'll end up have going, going eight and five on the road trip, which would be pretty good. So I would say uh, things are off to a good start. Yeah. And so where does that leave us in the standings? Uh, that means that the San Francisco Giants are now in second place in the National League West, one and a half games behind. Ooh. Uh, Ooh. Well, I mean, as expected, this makes more sense. You know, finally, things are, you know, the ship is riding itself. The evil Dodgers are in first place, one and a half games ahead of the Giants. The upstart Arizona Diamondbacks with their 17-run differential, 17-plus runs. I don't know how to say that. How do you even say that? Their plus 17-run differential. There it is. The plus 17-run differential for the Arizona Diamondbacks, which is mediocre, not good. And they're 2-8 and for the last 10, and their four-game losing streak now has them two games out of first place. A whopping eight games ahead of the fourth place San Diego Padres. Bob, what do the Padres do? The Padres are gonna Padre. You know, Bob, I feel like you and I have a lot of disagreements. But this is one thing that we can agree on. The Padres are always gonna Padre. (sighs) Anyway, and in the wildcard standings, the San Francisco Giants are now 
in the first wild card spot. Is that right? Well, they yes, are. by a yes. single by a single percentage point or one thousandth of a percentage one thousandth percentage point ahead of the Miami Marlins, uh, and half a game ahead of the Arizona Diamondbacks. And then one full game ahead of the Philadelphia Phillies. So not necessarily on lockdown, but they are the top wildcard team. So things are trending in a positive direction, Matthew. The San Francisco Giants are en fuego. And hang on, let me go to Google Translate. That means they're hot. <laughs> it does. On fire. That's right. Which means... It's time, Matthew, for you to tell us who's hot. And who's not. Well, yeah, and who's not. You can tell us that, too. (laughs) Well, who's hot? So no one right now on the Giants is hotter than Michael Conforto. Matthew, can I jump in? So are we just saying for the last three games against the Pirates? Yeah, yeah, generally I say the last week, but there's only been three games for the last week. So it is for it is it is for the the Pittsburgh series, so small sample size. I, right, I honorary mention to Alex Cobb and Camilo Duvall. Right, right, yes, exactly, because they they definitely had a a better yeah they had some good days in between, so for sure. Okay, but Michael Conforto, somebody the Giants desperately need to get hot, uh, started to heat up this week. He batted four seventeen with a five hundred on base percentage, five runs batted in with a double. Uh, five hits and a run scored. So he is definitely hot. Wilmer Flores continues his, because uh, he was hot before the All-Star break, uh, um, hit uh, 333 this week. Uh, definitely. And and also, you know, what's what's interesting about Wilmer is that they, he's playing a lot more first base. It seems like Kapler is uh, trusting him uh, to be a late inning replacement now. Uh, so his defense, which if you look up, his defense is definitely at first base has been above average, uh, which is uh, uh, really important when you're trying to play uh, righty lefty with Lamont Wade at, uh, as well. So, so that's been great. Uh, Lamont, speaking of Lamont Wade, he has uh, in a small sample size, he only had four at bats. Uh, uh, well, he actually had four at bats, but seven plate appearances. He uh, had two hits and four at-bats with three walks. So he had an on-base percentage this week of 714. Which, wow, he must uh, have scored a ton of runs. I hear is pretty good. Unfortunately, he only scored one run, Ben. What is interesting about that, though, is that there were 13 players that played this weekend. 12 of them scored at least one run, which is kind of weird. Uh, so they the, mixed only, it up. the only one that did not score, Rule 5 draftee Blake Sable. Uh, actually, I feel kind of bad for him because uh, he was, um, you know, coming back to Pittsburgh. He knows a lot of those guys on the other team uh, coming from their organization. And uh, yeah, went 0 for 6 while he was uh, playing. So, so did not, did not so play So what you're well. saying is during a high profile situation when when it really would have, like, you know, at least helped his psyche to do well, he, he struggled. He did. He Let's did. remember that in October. Yeah. Okay. Okay. All right. But you know who else who struggled? Was uh, Brandon Crawford and uh, Brandon Crawford? I don't, want to, I don't want to talk about. It. I don't want to talk about it. You don't want to talk about his one for twelve. I don't with four strikeouts. You're talking about it. <laughs> what his, did I say? Uh, I said his, his one fifty four on base percentage and his 083 batting average and his two thirty seven OPS. You don't want to talk about that. Yeah, 
Yeah. Do you have, do you, do you have like the zoom screen like covered right now? Can you not see my face? And the fact today when he fielded a ground ball and should have gone to first, and he tried to get fancy and glove it over to Wisely, and then Wisely dropped it. And well, that's Brett Wisely's fault. We all know that was Salad Boy's fault. <laughs> well, you know. I would be able if I actually saw the game instead of just listening to it on the radio. I might be able to to give you some insight on that. But all I had to go off was the call because I wasn't paying the five bucks for Peacock. Well, who was on the call? Well, it was uh, it was Rizzo and uh, Fleming, and I don't remember who was actually doing the play by play. You don't remember who was doing the play by play? No. Mm, both of those guys are pretty straight shooters. Yeah. <sighs> and they did say that they did say that Brandon Crawford probably should have gone to first. And uh, because I guess the whoever hit it stumbled out of the blocks. And I don't know. Whatever. Anyway, Ben, sometimes you just got to go face the facts that uh, our legends get old and then, you know, I don't have to do to anything I don't want to do. <laughs> don't, all right. Don't, don't all right. Well, let's hope he's not on the who's, who's, who's not hot. Uh, also, also, who's not hot? Well, I'm just saying. Let's let's hope he doesn't stay on there. For yeah, no, no. But hey, I do want to mention somebody else who had a little bit of a rough series. He did have a good like result today in a sort of situation that didn't matter very much. But everybody's new favorite guy, uh, Mr. Bailey, uh, had a rough couple of days, a uh, rough few days. Uh, struck out six times, and um, I mean he was still good defensively. Uh, but I, I, I think the last thing that you want to look like right now as a catcher is Joey Bart, <laughs> you know, good yeah. defensively with yeah. the pop. So well, the strikeouts definitely hurt. Uh, yeah. Six uh, strikeouts is the part that hurt, concerns me. Cause that's a little Casey Schmidt like it is. And, uh, you, you know, we just looking at, uh, yeah, the giants actually, that, that is something that came back this, this series was the strikeouts. Uh, the giants struck out a lot. They had, uh, Let's see, one, two, three, four, five guys with at least four strikeouts uh, during the last yeah. uh, during the series. So I do yeah. worry that that means the league has, uh, is is going to start making adjustments, and so mm. we might start to see Bailey like have to make a counter adjustment, which he's going to do, Ben, because he's freaking Patty Bales. That's right, Patty Bales. He's no Casey Schmidt. He's no Joey he's... Bart. <laughs> I mean. I, I hope. <laughs> you and me both, we hope. Ah, Matthew. Yes, sir. You are a font of Giants knowledge. Well, thank you. Would you please confound me once again with a historical fact that you know the answer to that I do not? Of course. Of course I will. <sighs> well... I don't remember exactly how I stumbled across this trivia nugget and stuck it in my notes. So I'm just bringing it out today. Usually I like to tie it into something that's more relevant, but frankly, this, this little nugget is not going to be relevant again this, again this year uh, because the Giants, uh, their top two hitters who lead their team in hits is J.D. Davis and Tyro Estrada, with, who both have 79 hits apiece. Mm-hmm. All right, which means it's highly unlikely that the Giants will have a player that has 200 hits on the season. That's a lot of hits. It is a lot of hits. In fact, it's it's so it's so so many hits that we don't have many players who have done that in the San Francisco era. So my question to you is, who was the last San Francisco Giants player to have 200 or more hits in a season? It was either Suyoshi Fanida <laughs> or Rickert Shinjo. 
Well, I think combined they had like 238 hits or something like that. So probably give or, give not either of them. Uh, okay, then I will go with... Mm, ah, 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 Tony Barrels, no. Uh, Hamilton, no. That's weird. What? Hamilton. Uh, <laughs> uh, oh, no. You think about it. You don't even have to name a name. David Bell! David Bell. Oh, okay. <laughs> That's almost as weird as Hamilton, but okay. All right. We will, uh... I don't know. It just popped out. It just popped out. All right. David Bell. We'll see how wrong Ben was at the end of this episode. Enough with the banter. Let's talk cocktails. Oh, Bob, you know that I'm already drunk, don't you? <laughs> see, see, listeners, uh, we record two episodes. Uh, and the first one we always do is next week's cocktail episode. And so by the time we get to the Giants... Uh, things are feeling a little bit, uh, a little good here. So, uh, yeah, um, Bob Stay knows. Stay tuned till the knows. end of the show when we tell you what we're going to be drinking in the next week's show. And uh, and you'll find out what got me so um, three sheets to the wind. That's right. Half in the bag. What are you drinking, Matthew? Well, thank you, Bob. Uh, today, I am drinking... An ode to a literary classic, the Daisy Buchanan. And uh, as we talked about in last Thursday's happy hour episode, the Daisy Buchanan is in fact a Daisy cocktail and uh, definitely has uh, some similarities to the great Gatsby's heroine and uh, whatever. So what's in it, though? What's in it is one and a half ounces of gin. One and a half ounces of elderflower liqueur, a half ounce of chamomile tea, a third of an ounce of lemon juice. You take all of those ingredients into a cocktail shaker with ice, shake for eight to 10 seconds, not too long because you don't want to totally dilute it, uh, double strain it into a chilled coupe or Nicanora glass, and garnish it with a lemon peel and enjoy. So that is what I'm drinking today. Mmm, that's a tasty cocktail. Thank you, Bob. Thanks. What are you drinking, Ben? Well, thank you for asking, Bob. That's very kind of you. Uh, this week, Bob, I am drinking a Granjero Pelirrojo. And if that sounds familiar to you, then you know more Spanish than I thought you did. Uh, what is in a Granjero Pelirrojo, and why is it, well, why is it called a Granjero Pelirrojo? Well, again, you're going to have to listen to last Thursday's episode to figure that out. What's in it? I will tell you that. It has one and a half ounces of mezcal, half an ounce of mom and pop macroot lime pop. Don't know what that is? Got to listen to the show. Uh, a quarter of an ounce of Luxardo maraschino liqueur. Any maraschino liqueur is fine. And then four ounces of ginger beer. You take the mezcal, the lime pop, and the maraschino liqueur, and you put them into a highball glass filled with ice. You stir that gently you know, because you don't want the ice cubes to come flying out of the glass like they do half the time. Uh, and then you top that off with the ginger beer and uh, enjoy. And that is the Granjero Pelirrojo, Bob. Mmm, that's a tasty cocktail. Yes, Bob. I predict that our fans, well, I don't know if we have any fans, our listeners will really enjoy it. <laughs> what else do you predict, uh, Ben? I also predict that we are going to make predictions about the second half. 
of the season right now. All right. That's my prediction. All right. I I can get behind this. So let's let's start with who wins the National League West. Because right now the Giants are making a move. They are now in second place. The Diamondbacks are falling back to where we thought they would be before the season started. Uh, The Dodgers, of course, are still very formidable. Uh, leading the National League West currently by two games. But who do you say wins the National League West? Wait, you want me to go first? No, I don't. I'm going to go first. Okay, okay, okay. You go Mainly first. Mainly because because I know that you're going to screw it up. So I'm going to tell the truth right now. I'm going to screw. I'm going to screw it. Okay, you're going to screw up this yeah. prediction, and right. so I'm going to yeah. I'm going to just let everybody know the truth. Yeah, I'm going to okay. I'm going to say it right now. Are you ready? Yeah. Mm-hmm. The San Francisco Giants are going to win the National League West. I'm, I'm shocked, and that could be that could be the Daisy Buchanan talking, uh, but I don't think so. They've been you you take out April, and they've been a pretty damn good team, Ben. So you know we're we're and and we're only going to get better be with because we're going to add some some part that's going to make it all go at the trade deadline. So. Mm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Wait, what's that? What's it? What did you say, Bob? No, you got to put your mics off. Take off your rose-colored glasses, Matthew. Thank you, Bob. I mean, look, this is a San Francisco Giants podcast. I get it. We're all Giants fans here, right? And 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 to a certain extent, we're you know Matthew and I we play roles. Matthew is the he's the he's the you know optimist, and I'm the pessimist. You know he he's you know he's on Camp Farhan, and I'm in Camp Fire Farhan. Blah blah blah. You know we we take sides, but a lot of this is actually reality. Because sometimes, man, you, you just every you, the whole world is just like one big cupcake to you. Look, look, reality is reality, and I'm sorry. But the Los Angeles Dodgers have a better team than any other team in the National League West. And I know when you look at their rosters, the Padres look pretty good. But they're also the Padres. Okay, so the Dodgers, unfortunately, don't have that same affliction. I wish that they did. We all do. But, you know, they've won the National League West 10 out of the last 11 seasons, are currently in first place, and quite frankly have weathered horrendous injury problems in their rotation. Uh, I just don't see that this is how this is going to be the year, that another year that they don't win. So the Dodgers are going to win the National League West. The Giants are going to do very well. The Giants are going to finish ahead of the Diamondbacks and the Padres, of course. But the Dodgers are going to win the NL West. I'm All sorry. Right, well, I'm sorry. I'm looking forward to rubbing that in your face at the end of the year. I will look forward to it, too. I don't want to be right, even though I'm right. Okay. So the next question mm-hmm. wins. Yep. At the at the beginning of the season, I think I had said 91 wins. Yeah, which was ridiculous. And you had said something like 88, I think, or something like that, or 87. No, I said 84. Oh, said that's 84. right. Oh, that's right. You were like way pessimistic, yeah. uh, which is typical Ben. Uh, <laughs> so... I'm I'm ready to to I'm looking at you know kind of the the winning percentage, uh, where they're at now that we're going to add some people going into the trade deadline that's going to make us stronger. So we're going to get some of our injured guys back. Mm-hmm. So I'm actually feeling like the Giants are going to win 93 games this season. 93. 
Yes. Wow. How about them apples, Ben? Uh, it's pretty impressive. I, I see. So you're doubling down. You're like, 91 wasn't enough. I'm going to add yep. two more. I'm going to go 93. Yes. Because and because because of feelings. It's right. And I know you're going to be like, well, that's not what the numbers say. And, that's and, that's you know, not what the Kapler's, numbers say. Kapler's going to Kapler and all this. And we're going to they're going to go 80. Maybe I'll give them 85 wins. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Well, you're absolutely right. I am going to look at the numbers. I'm going to crunch the numbers. I'm going to look at the roster that they've built today. I'm going to do the math. I'm going to look at how they've performed. And I am going to have to readjust my prediction. Um, and, uh, you know, so, so I want to, you know, just so everybody's clear what I did here is I looked at their winning percentages from the month of June, the month of May and the month of July. I know I didn't say those in order, but that cocktail I had earlier was a real doozy. <laughs> it's still the right three months. Okay, look, right. look. So look. June, May, and July. What? And uh... I'm realizing now that that might mean that my math is suspect. <laughs> so people might want to need to second guess. I, what I did is I took the winning percentage from those months, and then I took that winning percentage and I applied it to how many games they have left. And Matthew, you and I disagree about the number of wins that the Giants are going to have. I am going to go with. 94. 90. Wait, what? 94. That's, That's so right. I'm adding 10 runs. I'm adding 10 wins. Yes. I'm adding 10 I, I, I don't even know what to say to this. Uh, this is unprecedented that Ben is actually being optimistic. That's right. Because, like, like yes, we play roles on here. But sometimes, like, I, you know, I actually do like the San Francisco Giants, believe it or not. <laughs> like, I'm actually a fan. Welcome. Welcome to the optimistic <laughs> side, Ben. Doesn't it feel good to, to, to want the Giants to do well? Uh, no, because now I'm afraid I'm going to be mad and angry in August when they go on a, like an eight-game losing streak. I'm just going to be so mad. I'm going to be so mad because they're not going to hit 94. I'm feeling <sighs> like, now that I'm thinking about this, mm -hmm. so you're saying that you just took the winning percentage of what they've done over the last three months and applied it to the next few months. Correct. And that's how you got to 94. Correct. But then if you use my logic about how they're going to improve the team over the <laughs> next uh, couple of months, I feel like 93 now isn't isn't enough. 94 isn't enough. That's probably true. No, that's not true. No, they're going to do 94 because <laughs> people are going to get hurt. Whatever. You're wrong. No, you're wrong. You're trying to change your I'm vote. Gonna, I'm going to change my, my number now. You I'm, I'm going to nope. go with 96 wins. <laughs> Sucker. They're going to win 87. God, I can't believe you fell for that. I cannot believe you fell for that. What a what a bunch of God, you All are right. so gullible. All right. Well Okay, well, you know, I guess time will tell, won't it? Time will tell whether uh we were right on one of our like ten different numbers yeah. that we threw out there. See what now. we did there, folks, is we just guessed four different things. <laughs> so the so the only buddy that's people that are tricked are our three listeners. <laughs> or just okay. confused. No, I, right. I actually, no. I think the Giants are a lot better than I predicted. They're not an 84-win team. I think they're definitely in the 90s. I think this is a really good team. And I think they're really good because of all the rookies that have come in and played well. All right. Well, speaking of yes. the rookies, which of the following rookies mm. will not finish the season on the 26-man roster? Casey Schmidt, 
Luis Matos, or Patrick Bailey. Okay. Or none of the above. You could you could certainly go none of the above if you feel like that's an right. option. Understood. Okay, am I going first? Yes. This is definitely none of the above. These are the three uh, these three guys are what have made the team better. I you know, you go back to game 1 of 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 the second half, right? I mean, this was an all-rookie endeavor. Uh, these guys are here to stay. I want them to be here to stay. Like, this is what makes the Giants exciting. This is the future of the San Francisco Giants. Like, I am fairly confident that if I go buy one of these guys' jerseys with his name on the back, that it's going to be relevant next year for once during the Farhan Zaidi regime. Uh, All three of these guys are going to be on the roster at the end of the season. Yes, they're going to have their ups and downs, but all three of them are going to be there. Lock it in. You're so cute, Ben. Now so who's cute. the now who's the pessimist? All right. Well, I just I want to throw out a number to you. All right. That number is four for forty-two. That is Casey Schmidt over the last thirty days. Four for forty-two. <laughs> okay. Uh-huh. So, uh, and we'll talk about the trade deadline coming up here in a little bit, but. There's been talk about middle middle infield uh, help, and I could see a scenario where Casey Schmidt is sent back down. And and I know that maybe that means he's only sent down for a little bit, and he'll be back by the end of the season, and so that doesn't necessarily follow this. But I I think out of out of those three, I think Casey Schmidt probably needs to be sent back down at this point. He needs to figure out how to approach approach what uh what these major league pitchers are are throwing at him right now and he needs to get back his uh his 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 eye and being more patient and not chasing and all that so i'm saying it's casey schmidt uh who has 15 strikeouts in his last 42 at mats so yeah casey schmidt he's the guy that's not going to finish the season with the giants all right I mean, if you're a cold-hearted bastard, like. <laughs> Which I'm not. No. I'm just, I'm putting on my Ben hat and trying to be realistic. Yeah. I know. This is weird. I feel weird. This is weird. <laughs> I, don't, I don't, I feel weird. <laughs> Next week's cocktail to folk doozy, folks. And then I'm topping it off with a Granjero Pelirojo right now. It's a lot of lime pop, I tell you. It's a lot of lime pop. <laughs> a lot of All lime right. Pop. Okay. Okay. So you brought up a good question, though. It's a big point, which is like the Giants are going to probably make some trades, right, to improve yep. the team. Um, you know, they 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 did make trades last year, right? I mean, the Darren Ruff for JD Davis trade did happen, and the Giants totally won that trade last year. It was kind of underwhelming, though. So the prediction question is. Will the Giants trade for a big name like, you know, I don't know. Some names I've seen thrown around, which seems ridiculous to me, are Justin Verlander or Max Scherzer. Make your team more heterochromatic. Or are they going to trade for a bunch of smaller parts like J.D. Davis? And Mm -hmm. how's that going to go, Mr. Optimist? I... So this is a tough one because I could see either happening. And and well there's the know, one that s- should happen and then there's the one that will happen. Well, and I've seen this before, right? We saw, you know, they went after Chris Bryant 2 years ago. 
so you know they've 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 gone in on and the you know you look back on it and the cost for Chris Bryan even though he didn't really help the team all that much wasn't it didn't break the farm right I mean it wasn't like it was something that we really missed with the guys that we traded him for so I feel like if you're going for that kind of guy that's maybe at the end of it's going to be a free agent after the end of the year maybe you don't have to give up quite as much if your name's not Shohei Otani uh, but. Whatever I'm going, they're getting a big name, Ben. They're getting a big name. They're, it's going to be like, and I mean, like Marcus Stroman, like 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 a frontline starting pitcher mm-hmm. or Stroman. some kind of big bat. That's what they're going mm-hmm. for somebody. Matthew, have you met my friend Farhan Zaidi? I've not met him, but I know of him. Yes. So you've followed his dealings. Yes. You you know how he operates. Yes, he likes to find value where others yes. don't. He he loves it. He also likes to talk a lot of talk and then not do that talk. They are going to go for you know what's here's what's going to happen. Here's what's going to happen. They're going to trade for a bunch of small names who aren't going to make any sense to anybody. And I'm going to spend the rest of this half of the season yelling at everybody about, I told you so, blah, 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 blah. And then next year, those guys are going to be instrumental parts of the team. That's what's going to happen, Matthew. And I don't know whether to be angry or happy about it. Exactly. They're going to find some guy, some middle infielder that we barely heard of. Yeah. And then uh, that guy will struggle this year. And then Brandon Crawford will leave. And that guy will be our starting shortstop next year and like make the all-star team. Yeah. Exactly. That's that's exactly what's going to happen. I'm okay with that. I'm okay with it, too. <laughs> okay. So, but I, you know, I think the interesting thing about that is that we have no idea. It could go either way. Farhan's yeah. ID could roll big. I and mean, we've got the pieces in the farm system to go after whoever we want. Right. And, and the only thing that's actually kind of an issue that I'm just thinking of right now is the luxury cap, uh, you know, ramifications. Uh, but I don't know, you know, that could be something that the Giants are thinking of because they're coming up against that. Big uh, teams break the tax. <laughs> all right. All right. Yeah. It's not my money. Spend it, man. Spend it. No, I all mean, right. I, I, it is a concern. It is something they should think about. And obviously they have acquisitions that they need to make during the offseason. So it's not that simple. But I still think they should do it. But I don't think they should give up too much. Okay. Well, and and like we mentioned with Chris Bryant, there's there's precedence for getting big guys on the very end of their contract. You're not going to get top level guys, uh, you know. But I've seen a lot on social media where people are, you know, we're kind of in love with our farm system, which is funny because a year ago everybody hated our farm system, and now you know we know guy we know names now we know guys like like you know Harrison and Wade Meckler and Keaton Will Wilson, Wynn, Will Wilson all these guys that have been Von just Brown, Grant McCray exactly yeah. and so Wizenhunt. fans have fallen in love with the potential of these names because they're tearing it up in single A and double A and you're like oh god we've got this great pipeline uh you know so I will but I'm going to argue trading prospects isn't a bad thing. And I'll tell you why. First of all, 
prospects by definition rarely pan out. You've got lots of guys in the minor leagues and only a small handful even make it to the majors, let alone make a, a huge impact in the majors, right? And so, you know, you know, Brian Reynolds notwithstanding, the Giants shouldn't be afraid of getting rid of somebody who hasn't shown it at the major league level in exchange for someone who has a proven track record. Because proven track records are much more predictable over time than than you know double A and single A stats. So don't fall in love with prospects. So that's one. Uh, two is that you can't keep them all. Okay, so we only have forty spots on our forty man roster. Okay, and and with the the Rule Five draft, all that you know at some point. We're going to uh, expose guys to the Rule Five Draft that we maybe that maybe have value, and so you're going to have to trade some of those guys for either major league talent or players who are still further away from the Rule Five uh, the Rule Five uh, barrier there. And so you know you can't keep them all. And as much as you like all these names, not all of them are going to be giants. And some of them might end up being nothing. Some of them might end up being fine players somewhere else. But if you could get something of value now that could help in 2023 and even beyond, then I think you should consider that. And you can't be like, oh, they're all so good. It's like buying like a stock and hoping that it takes off. You know, they all don't take off. And so, you know, sometimes you you lose money and you're just going to have to be okay with that. Uh, so that's kind of where I feel like that's where I'm at right now. I feel like, you know, we shouldn't be afraid to trade some of these prospects because there's, you know, there's nothing, uh, there's no guarantee that any of these prospects are going to be worth the Giants uh, going forward. I mean, I agree with you mostly. I, I do think that there's, I, I, but I don't agree agree with you entirely on this because, I, I mean, I get it. Like, proven talent is better than unproven talent, right? A bird in the hand is worth two in the bush, as they say. Right. Would you rather have Juan Soto or would you rather have a farm league full of kids who've never played at the major league level? Right. Like, would you rather have Shohei Otani or a bunch of guys who, you know, might be good, might not be good. Right. And even though they might all be be highly rated. I agree with that. However, like there's a couple things that, you know, I, I, I you know, I think we need to keep in mind, which is that. When you're usually when you're trading for a player, you're not getting two to three years out of him, right? Not like what the Padres got when they traded for Juan Soto, which was an amazingly good trade, I think, for them. A lot of times you're getting a one or half a year rental, right? So you right. are giving up something for not very much in return. So the situation and the trade really has to make sense. Well, yeah, right? but in that instance, and what has traditionally happened is that you're not getting the top tier, you know, uh, uh, for a rental, right? Sure. That the market doesn't doesn't bear that. Right now, now, o, now the Angels are trying to kind of circumvent that with Otani, and maybe with his talent they right. can. Right. Uh, but generally, you're not going to give up a you know a, a Harrison or even right. a Luciano. For some guy on with only has two months left in a contract. Right. Well, but the other reason I would say that you want to be careful about what you trade away from your prospects is, is that you're absolutely right. Prospects are no prospect is a sure thing. 
right? It's kind of like you are making lots of little bets across all of these different players in the hopes that a few of them, you know, pay off and become major league regular contributors. Right. Right. Um, that's the hope. The, the problem is, is that if your total talent pool is 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 totally wiped out, the chances of you having any of those guys hit drops immensely. Right. So I think that you need to make sure that when you are trading away prospects that you are not under you know, you're not uh, undermining the depth that you have at any certain given position. Right. Like so if you have a, 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 a plethora of catching prospects, then, yeah, it makes sense to trade a bunch of catchers, um, but keep some of them as well so that they they pay off. Right. The same thing from any other position. You don't want to just completely wipe out your entire farm system and overall reduce the overall talent pool to the point where you have very little chance of anybody hitting off just to get one great player, because one great player is just one player. Right. And baseball is a team sport. And then a lot of things could happen to that player. He could get hurt or he's just older. Right. And he's not going to contribute at, at for the same time difference. Right. So I do think that this is something that that you you shouldn't be afraid to trade prospects. But there are certain times where you should never sell the whole farm. Right. Don't bet the whole farm on one guy um, because well, it well, will sure. hurt you for years to come. I do agree, though. I think the Giants now are in a position where the strength of their farm system is such that they can remove a significant portion of guys that we really like and still have a strong system. Exactly. And that's my point, is that there's there's going to be guys that we're in love with because they've been doing great at double A or single A, uh, yet they could help us now by by acquiring veteran pieces that will help us win now the giants are trying to win the 2023 world series and if they win the 2023 world series then trading wade meckler and maybe even marco luciano uh might be worth it i think would be worth it you know and, and because you don't get the chance to swing for you know the defenses like that very often and the giants have depth at their at the at, at the especially when you talk about Marco Luciano and things like that they've got depth there now so there isn't something that we need to you know necessarily protect and you never know like Luciano is a fine prospect but he hasn't really shown it he hasn't even gone above double a this year you know and we've got guys like uh you know like like even Will Smith and all that who have had their struggles so i just there's no guarantee and if other teams value these guys and we can get a proven major league talent that could help them now and even better if there's a year left on a contract or whatever then they should do that and not be afraid to to swing when you know they could bring in a piece that could help the giants win this year uh and you're right the giants have have developed their farm system to the point now where they can they can have the luxury of doing that. And that was the whole point. Building up your your farm system isn't just so that you can have this like feeder system into your major league roster, which is important, but it's also so that you can have pieces to trade when you need to fill in holes on your current team. And the Giants are there now. So let's do that. Well, I don't know. I, I think it's much more important to grow star players. Right. I, I think you should definitely be acquiring star players and having them play their star years for your team. 
Like that's the number one reason for having a good farm system. Now they don't have to yes. be they don't have to be acquired like they don't have to be drafted by you, but they should definitely make their major league debut with you, right? Like that I think is the most important part of a farm system, and I think the team definitely should be doing that. I you know Patrick Bailey notwithstanding, I don't know that the Giants have quite the Farhan regime has quite proven that it's established that. I think we're close to it. But uh, you know, I would, I would, I would catch that a little bit by saying, like, it is important to make a strong farm system so that you can trade. It is more important to develop your own star players. Well, sure, and we've got three guys, four, five guys now, five rookies that are currently on the twenty-six sure. man rosters. So, what more do you want? Do you want a whole team worth of rookies? No, no, I want and an so all star. Only... <laughs> I want an all star. Like, okay. no, and I don't think all that's right. too much to ask for. I want my farm system to create an all star every two, three years. All and right. we've created All zero right. so far with the Farhan Jaidi regime. So, you know, I mean, that being said, so like, but I mean, you, you mentioned Marco Luciano and you, Mar- Meckler, uh, uh, you know, I mean, the, Meckler's people really like Meckler right now. Man, you go on no. Twitter and it's all about Wade Meckler. Bah, 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 Wade Meckler. Bah. Future <laughs> Hall of Famer. Um, listen, guys, you, you can't you can't say they're in the Hall of Fame until they make it to the major leagues. Like Casey Schmidt, Hall of Famer. Wade Meckler, <laughs> no. But Matthew... Shohei Otani. He's in the last year of his contract. He's going to be a free agent. He's got, I don't know what, two and a half seasons, two and a half months left on his current contract. Who would you give up in the minor league roster right now to get him for those last two and a half months? Is that well, a trade so we that's should a do? Good, you know, that, that's a good question. I and mean, that's the, that argument, that assumes... Because there are two different ways of, of approaching the Otani situation. One is that certainly Shohei Otani would help in 2023. Mm-hmm. So that is a especially huge consideration. Giants. Right. Especially the Giants who have a need for pitching and a need for, for hitting. Right. So, so that would fill a huge hole. Okay, but then there's this argument that if you go out and get Shohei Otani now, that you have a better chance of signing him. Uh, in the future. And and that could be true, but I don't think it's necessarily true. I think, uh, sure, you have a chance for to show the, the Shohei, let's say Shohei, what the organization's all about. You have an opportunity for him to kind of to get to know and create relationships with players. But come on. Ultimately, the team that offers Shohei Otani the most money is going to sign him. And it does not matter if he's been playing for your team for the last two months or not. And yeah, we hear how he wants a West Coast team and all yada, yada, yada. But the Giants fit all the things that he's been talking about. He wants a team that can win. He wants a team that's on the West Coast. And now he wants it, you know, and and now they have the DH. So now there's uh, the DH. The Giants were a finalist for him four years ago or whatever it was. They're certainly uh, in a position to be a finalist for him now. I don't necessarily feel like you got to go out and get him in order to sign him for next year. Having said that, I think that there are who would I trade if to get him for two plus months is the question. I I would trade a lot. I would uh, because I feel like uh, there's there's he has an out of anybody out there if he's available he is the type of guy that will turn your franchise into a bona fide World Series contender, and especially the Giants. He would he would definitely fit in a lot of different ways. And so I would give up 
I would give up either Keaton Wynn or Kyle Harrison. I would give up uh, Marco Luciano. And and I would even throw in a guy like Wade Metkler. Wow. I would you would I give, would give those, those three. Four? Those three? I would not oh. four. I would say I would say Wynn or Harrison, not both. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I would give up Luciano and I would give up Meckler for two and a half months of of Otani. Wow. Wow. I mean, Meckler and, is And I will say that, that I'm not even sure that they would need to give up that much to get him. Right. But that's right. what I would be willing to give up. Right. So, I, I mean, I, so just the top, you know, some names in the top 10, Carson Wisenhunt, you know, Meckler is in there, Luciano, um, you know, uh, Kyle Harrison, obviously. Uh, Keaton Wynn, I don't think was ranked that high, but he's also, you know, he's demonstrated himself at the major league level already. So I'm sure his, his stock has probably gone up. Um, there's some other names further down the list, but you're basically saying two to three top teners of organizational top 10. Well, yeah, I mean, only because the angels have come out and said that they need multiple top 100 type prospects in order to consider Otani. So that's what it would take. Right. Right. And you would do that. I, I would, I think because first of all, we're starting to see that the giants, you know, I think there was a lot of uh, concern that the Giants weren't developing minor league players. But this year, we're starting to see all that coming to fruition. Uh, And I don't, and I think some of that, and I know that it was the same for all teams, but I think, you know, COVID definitely impacted some of the development of some of those players. We're starting to see those players perform. And so I don't see any reason why the the, the Giants can't keep doing that. So you right. give up a couple now, uh, but then you're going to, you know, hopefully keep, you know, replacing those players with other top prospects. And so, you know, at some point you got to be, you know, the Dodgers aren't worried about giving up top talent because they know they're going to produce more top talent. And I think the Giants, um, you know, are close to being in that, uh, in that space as well. So wow. why not? Okay. Well, I mean, a couple of things. I, I we are kind of getting close to the hour here, but but I, I just wanted to. We'll wrap up here in a second. But I just wanted to follow up on a couple of things that you said. Number one, I I think I, I do think it is important for the Giants to to bring Otani into the organization and demonstrate that they are a winning organization. Um, you know, and that can build something consistent for the long term. I, I don't think that I don't think that the Dodgers need to do that. I don't think that, you know, if he, you know, the Mariners are, are a very popular team with Japanese players. I, I don't think that the Mariners need to do that. I don't think that the Padres need to do that. I do feel like the Giants are a little bit on the outside looking in in that group, though. I, I, I do feel like if there was a team that needed to bring him in so that he could understand the organization, it would be them. Um, you know, and maybe that's just because, you know, I don't know, like I have a sort of pessimistic view over the way that this organization has built itself up over the last five years. But I think they would benefit from him being on the team for two and a half months more so than, say, the Dodgers would. I don't think the Dodgers need him. Right. He is. The Dodgers are on his short list. Right. And I don't I also think I don't necessarily think he's going to go to the place that offers him the absolute most money. And that's it. That's the bottom line. I don't think he's going to be a Pittsburgh Pirate if the Pirates offer him the most money. Like, I, I just don't <laughs> think that. Right. Like, right. You know, they well, wouldn't, he definitely obviously. wants to win. So that's right. definitely got to be factoring. Right. Yeah. And so. So but let's know, face it. The Pittsburgh Pirates aren't going to offer him. The most no. Money. The other thing I would say is, is that like I would love to have him for two and a half months and I would trade a lot to get him because, yes, he makes this particular team a lot better. That being said, the Giants don't even have two guys in the top 100. 
Luciano is not a top 100 prospect. Okay, but that's right now. that's that's like some like some some pimply faced intern right. at like you know picking who the top 100 is. So I got to assume that the Angels scouting department might have some guys that they're targeting for the Giants that might make sense. Right. I mean, sh- sure. I mean, they're probably telling every organization that you got to do, you got to bring a lot. Yeah. You know. Um, but I would say two. I would say two to three top tenors. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, because the thing is, yeah, I think the Giants do have a lot of depth. And I think any guy that they give up, there's going to be somebody coming up right behind him. Right. Or they're going to make space for another guy. Um, so anyway, yeah, I, I, I think it's worth it. Um, you know, I'm not sure, you know, obviously there's going to be a lot of competition for it. And, and I don't know. I mean, uh, I think the Angels should do it. Although I don't know, whatever, that organization is so weird. Yeah, they're <laughs> they're not quite Pittsburgh piratey Colorado Rockies like, but they're a weird organization, right? Well, they're um, willing to spend. They're just not. They're just inept. Inept. <laughs> putting together. Well, they like the big fancy car that's you know yeah. expensive to repair and makes them not to be able to afford anything else. Correct. Correct. All right. Well, that's it for today's show. But we have to answer today's trivia question, Matthew. That's right. The trivia question was, who was the last San Francisco Giant to collect 200 or more hits in a season? And Ben, I know you know the answer to this one. So I'm, you told me off the air. Yeah, I do know the answer to this one. Bra- brag to everyone else that you knew this. What was the answer? The answer is Rich Aurelia in the year that Barry hit 73 home runs. I remember this year very well. I went to almost every home game. Um. Yeah, it was is Richie the Rally Killer. <laughs> I'm sorry, Richie. You don't deserve that. I, I gave that nickname to you like I, a few times. Just a few times, and and, and, and and you know, it's not even true. It's not even it was, yeah. But it was Rich. It was Rich Aurelia. Yeah. Okay. Well, and so Rich that year, I mean, Rich had 206 hits in 2001. He is one of only three Giants, San Francisco Giants, to record 200 or more hits in a season. The other two being Bobby Bonds. In 1970, who had 200, and Willie Mays in 1958, who had 208. That year, Aurelia led the National League in hits and had a slash line of 324 batting average, 369 on base, and a 572 slugging. He had 37 home runs and 97 RBIs, and his OPS plus was 146, which is 46% above league average. Um, and he wasn't even the best player on his team. Then. <laughs> I mean, a lot of people noticed this when it was happening, but I think a lot of people didn't. Uh, this is one of the greatest offensive performances by a giant in Giants history. Uh, Rich yes. Aurelia in 2001. Kind of crazy. I mean, I, I mean, Barry changed the entire lineup, right? And uh, this was in one of those ways. I mean, Richie was a good player, but but this was unreal. Yeah, yeah. And so, uh, yeah, amazing, amazing thing. So anyway, that is the answer to our trivia question this week. Uh, looking ahead, Ben, what are you drinking next week? <laughs> Folks, <laughs> it's called the fruit roll-up. The fruit roll-up. All right. And mine is called the summer slushy. We're having slushies and Ben ain't happy. So come listen to us on Thursday <laughs> to to hear all about that. You know, folks, usually I'm nice about Matthew's cocktail. I wasn't I wasn't nice this time. I really apologize. <laughs> I apologize in advance. All right. And baseball wise, who the Giants got coming up this week? 
The Giants are playing the Cincinnati Reds, who are super hot. They're virtually a similar record to the Giants. They've gotten super hot ever since they called up Ellie De La Cruz. He's that guy that stole three bases that I am sure you heard about because I think the whole world heard about it, and it was pretty awesome. It was pretty awesome. It was pretty awesome. And he yeah, plays like that I, every day. Apparently. Kids, kids on I'm fire. looking forward to seeing what uh, what the kid could do. He also he also beat uh, Schmidt's record of fastest uh, throw in the infield this, oh, this really? year. Uh, he threw a 97-mile-an-hour <laughs> ball across the infield wow. from third base uh, this week. So, uh, yeah, really good talent. Uh, the Giants, or the, I'm sorry, the Reds are... Uh, twenty three and eleven since La De La Cruz made his debut, which is uh, pretty impressive. So they've got their own rookie infusion, making doing good things. Two hot teams clashing. Yeah, four games, four games against wow. the Reds. So it's uh, it's a long series. I think this is going to be an exciting series. Yeah, yeah. And after that, we got the Washington Nationals, who are even worse than the Pittsburgh Pirates. They're actually battling the Rockies for worst record in the National League. They're currently thirty seven and fifty five. If there's any team that we should beat up on, it's them. And as I'm saying that, I realize that they're going to lose two out of three. Yeah, well, because they're going to come out of this epic series that they just played in Cincinnati. And they're going to lay an absolute egg in Washington and go, you know, yeah, either get swept or win one out of three. All right. Well, we'll we'll break it all down next Monday when uh, when we get back. So that's going to do it for today's episode. Don't forget to follow us on social media at Giant Cocktails on Twitter, Instagram, uh, Threads, and Mastodon for our two people still hanging on over there. Love you guys. And, uh, you know, don't forget to subscribe uh, if you haven't done so already. Uh, be helpful if you would rate us, give us a nice rating on Apple Podcast or wherever you listen. That would be wonderful. So do that. Like right now, we say that every week. Frankly, nobody does. But, uh, you know, still sometimes still people hoping. do. Some people do. So, one, I, you one know, person I'm, I'm waiting. I'm waiting. One person. One person did it like three weeks ago, but we're still waiting. All right. Don't forget to check in on us on Thursday when we have our happy hour. And we'll be back again next Monday to talk about the Giants. Ben, it was good chatting with you. Cheers, my friend. Cheers, Matthew. Bye, everybody. Thank you for listening to the Giant Cocktails Podcast. Until next time, bottoms up. <laughs>